Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. Where only one of us is an actual father, none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach, drinking his honey colch. Yeah, never had one. Not bad. Sorry. Trey, hey, what's up, guys? And Trey, Stinky Fingers Jose, drinking his... Big Josie. Lucille. <laughs> oh, you can't see from that angle? Lucille, Bridgetown Bruin. That doesn't matter. Raiders are playing football tonight. Football's back, baby. Yeah. First preseason game. That's crazy. Football's back as we speak. It's actually playing as we're recording this. I'm watching it. You guys are not. Sucks to be you. No, not a whole lot going on, but it's football, so that's exciting. <laughs> What's score 20 to 0 right now? 20 to 0 still. Yep. Raiders. <laughs> Raiders. <laughs> Welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Uh, if you're new to the show, thank you for popping in. Uh, it's a fairly new show. This is actually going to be our second season recording this bad boy. So, um, so yeah, a little bare bones, but that's kind of the way we like it. Just some brews and some news and some... <laughs> Three dudes. <laughs> just bareback in just here. Talking ball. <laughs> just just talking ball. All right. Well, today we're talking what? AFC North? Yep. Right on. And covering some uh newsworthy news notes, even yeah. though it's yeah. starting to flutter in with training camp. Yeah, we had a lot of news in last week since our you know, last time we recorded, so there's a lot to go over real quick. Yeah, let's get right on into it. Um right here at the top, DK Metcalf signed his three year extension worth seventy two million, fifty eight million guaranteed with a thirty million dollar signing bonus. That's the largest signing bonus ever. For a wide receiver. Yeah, it's like for his position. <laughs> <laughs> Those uh, Deshaun Watson fans out there might be uh, saying, oh, well, didn't you get a fully guaranteed? So Seattle wanting to stick with DK, obviously, long term, even through what will be a questionable year for the quarterback position. How do we feel about this news for Seattle, DK? I mean, it just shows that, obviously, we know Geno Smith, Tyler, or not Tyler Lockett, and... Uh, the kid from Denver, I forgot his name already. Drew Locke. Thank you. Sorry, I couldn't lock it in. Oh, <laughs> know your place. Start <laughs> hot. Start um, hot. They're, they're not the future. So, but when we get the quarterback of the future, he's gonna have two really good, really talented receivers to throw to. Should make life easy on a run on a young quarterback. So I'm I'm excited for it. Who do you want him to go draft next year? I mean, it obviously depends on where our our stock is. Um, they have. Any choice at the quarterback? Top three draft pick. We know they're tanking. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I, I'm. It's a toss up right for me between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Love right now. Um. I'm probably leaning towards C.J. though. Hmm. They're all gonna suck. It doesn't really matter. Seahawks <laughs> are gonna suck for a while. So. Well, if they get a those quarterbacks, are supposed to be pretty good next year. So it'll be interesting. Uh, Debo Samuel signed a three-year extension worth $73.5 million, $58.1 million guaranteed, and $24 million signing bonus, which I think the key note here is the contract including rushing incentives um, of 650000 for every season. He rushes for more than 380 yards and one hundred and fifty k every time he scores three or more rushing touchdowns. So um, the big thing that had me worried about Debo coming into the season was 
the fact that he said he wanted if he's going to be used as a running back, he wanted to be paid as both a running back and a receiver. This seems to kind of clear up that, and it seems like Shanahan's back able to use Debo as he wishes. You know, I mean, it was being incentivized to like, hey, we want you, we want to run the ball, and we want to give you that option. Doesn't mean that he's necessarily going to still like it though. Yeah. So I don't know. Honestly, three hundred eighty yards a year seems a little harder to do than like the three rushing touchdowns, just based off of where you know they tend to give him the ball. But for sure, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm obviously it just shows that he's still going to get some rushing opportunity this season, which is the biggest thing for fantasy owners. That's like twenty five yards a game. Pretty doable. For fantasy purposes, it definitely makes me intrigued and to go ahead and pull the trigger there at like the back end of the second where he's typically going right now. I'm more confident to do that than I was, you know, a week ago. But before we move on to other news, another wide receiver signed a contract recently, Deontay Johnson. Oh, yeah, that happened today. Right. Yep, that was today. It's a two-year contract worth $36 million. Yeah, just a two-year deal, but they want him to stick around at least for a little longer, which is interesting because the history of the the Steelers is typically not to pay their receivers and let them kind of walk. Grant, but this is a pretty small extension. Two years is not long. They're not paying him a ton of money. You know, it's, what, $18 million a year. It's not a ton compared to DK and Debo just getting $25 million a year so. A lot of that draft class, it's kind of interesting because he's been, at least fantasy-wise to me, like one of the more important guys. Because with that Scary Terry, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, I think I'm forgetting one more, like pretty prominent receiver. I think Debo was part of that as well, actually. Yeah, and he's the one who gets like the the least amount salary-wise, but he's the one out of most of those guys I would probably want on my team, besides Debo Samuel. Um, Alvin Kamara's legal case for felony battery will be delayed for at least two months, meaning he will be available at the beginning of the season and any possible suspension would come later this season. I've also heard might be just pushed to next year. Right. Which Alvin was falling. Um, I don't have his ADP right in front of me, but I know he was, he was pretty low in drafts, like third or fourth round for what his talent, you know, uh, level is. Looks like he was going twentieth overall. So yeah, right the right at the beginning of third round, end of the second. I'm so, not doing that. So this, though, you know, if it does get pushed to next season, that could be a huge, huge value. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in that position, you're probably drafting him as your RB two, and if you're getting a guy with his type of you know top five finish potential, then that's an absolute steal. Who else is going round twenty? Um, you Running have back wise, Javante Williams is going at eighteen. Leonard Fournette at twenty five. Saquon twenty two. Oh, it could be a good risk to take with those guys. I'd rather have Saquon. Saquon. God, <laughs> it's say Saquon, man. Say I can't me. say Quan. Say- <laughs> <laughs> you just said it. <laughs> Funny. Uh, all right, Tim Patrick tore his ACL on Tuesday. This was pretty tragic. Um, definitely one of my favorite uh, late-round draft picks to go ahead and take. Basically, in every single mock, I did a uh, regular draft as well. Um, so he's out for the season. Sad. So the question is, how do you guys think this – who has helped the most in, in that? Do you think K.J. Hamler come in, comes in and immediately takes – 
all the looks he was going to get. I think it's Cortland Sutton. Okay. The other big-bodied receiver on the team now. I mean, it's pretty much, if you're looking for a large red zone target, it's Cortland Sutton and, I guess, Albert O. But right. that's pretty much it. Tim Patrick was the other guy that was a real, like, vertical threat um, and a red zone threat on this team. So you think, like, in the red zone they would run three receivers? I guess that's pretty common, but they're going to take K.J. Hamler out, who was already ahead of Tim Patrick, right? No, no, Hamler was fourth on the on the depth chart. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I'm definitely with that Cortland Sutton take. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, also, though, with that being said, because I'm, I'm agreeing with you guys, I think that it more is a boon to Sutton and then also um, Judy versus K.J. Hamler, but where do you guys think K.J. Hamler is worth a late-round draft pick still? I think definitely now, yeah, for sure. There's been uh, good positive reports, too, from beat writers about him making plays. Did you see that one video of Jared Judy dropping a like a five yard slant <laughs> no. with no defense? Yeah, I have seen it. I I saw it twice last year against the Raiders. I've seen a decent amount of Broncos games. His drops are kind of atrocious. They're not plentiful, but they're pretty sad. He he does sit among kind of the top of that list for drops. Maybe his favorite receiver um, that he looks up to is Amari Cooper. <laughs> uh, Miami Dolphins. Kind of made a, a little splash in the news um, recently. Um, on Tuesday, they were or they were notified, yeah, on Tuesday that they will be stripped of their 2023 first round draft pick, uh, which they have two of them, so it's one of those, as well as their 2024 third round draft pick for tampering um, charges that come from pursuing Tom Brady and Sean Payton in 2019. Um, Goodell said that the violations that the investigators found tampering violations of unprecedented scope and severity. Uh, however, the investigation did not find any evidence of tanking, which former head coach Brian Flores had accused the team of doing. Dude, if I was, uh, in charge of any of these NFL teams and I saw this, I'd be like, that's a risk I'm willing to take. <laughs> get one of the well, best quarterbacks one of the best coaches we might lose a first and third be worth it yeah now the other part of that too is that they also find the owner 1.5 million dollars which i understand he's a billionaire but 1.5 million dollars for anybody isn't chump change so still a lot of money for sure well it's literally a, a thousandth of his worth a hundredth <laughs> it's a thousandth of his worth all right whatever's like a thousandth of your worth from you right now what you're gonna fill your gas tank up (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm just saying but like what would that do to you like in the like think about in your own perspective like sure it's a lot less money but percentage wise it's still a major thing if you know it was 80 bucks there goes groceries for a month or something like that you know 80 bucks where are you buying groceries (laughs) (laughs) damn if you want to talk percentages they literally took like 0.1 percent of his worth i'm just i'm just saying feels like, like a bit of a slap on the wrist uh, I'm just saying for what he was accused of. It is it doing. is the largest punishment that the NFL's ever, ever divvied out to any team. So yeah, I mean you got to imagine the like the feeling to potentially go tank and like for an owner from an owner's perspective, like obviously they want what's best for the team, and in that situation where you're not going to go win a Super Bowl, it might be best to go try to get a franchise quarterback by tanking. Yeah, they did. They got Tua. And yeah. <laughs> and they're going to tank some more. Blasphemy. <laughs> Blasphemy. Um, 
Let's see. Do we want to just move on to the AFC North, start with the Browns, and then you can cover, obviously, the yeah. Deshaun Watson saga? Yeah, Massage. for sure. That's why, it, that's why I put it as... saga. <laughs> that's why I put it as, like, the last news point here, so... He he is he's Massage Watson on this podcast. <laughs> that is his name, Massage Watson. Or <laughs> Massage Watson. MW. All right, AFC North, Cleveland Browns. Um drama, drama, drama with old Massage Watson. <laughs> Thank you. Um so the NFL's new disciplinary officer, Judge uh Sue Brown, I believe. Sue L. Brown. Sue L. Brown determined that Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson should be suspended for the first six games of the twenty twenty two season. The league, Roger Goodell, is appealing the decision <laughs> and are wanting an indif- indefinite suspension that will last at least one year. Commissioner Goodell will determine who will oversee the appeal and can choose to do it himself. So take that for what it's worth the nfl pa is preparing to sue the league in federal court if they are to appeal the decision according to sources well with all this stuff coming out we already i think we already anticipated at least six games i've been saying a year this whole time i think tyler you were assuming the same thing um i'm still not touching him with a 12-foot stick not fantasy wise did you do it with a 16 footer <laughs> Well, now we're talking about the stick that he brings out on the massage table. <laughs> oh. No. Damn. All right. I'm not doing it. No. <laughs> um, not they did, doing they it. did appoint um, someone to oversee the new appeal. It's former New Jersey Attorney General Peter Harvey, who has ties to the NFL as part of their diversity committee and stuff. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I'll, I'm with, with Trey here. Like, I was pretty livid when news came out that – uh. That he's only getting six games, um, especially because like the the person that oversaw saw Sue Brown or you know um, who they thought was gonna like this is her first big decision in this new role that they specifically chose her to first do first decision ever right yeah that they specifically chose her for this position for these types of situations and it seems like she dropped the ball and in her like she put out a sixteen page report for this and in the report she said that it was premeditated and predatory you only gave him six games. Yeah, like you're literally calling him a menace to society, or at least to the massage therapist, and you gave him six games. That's insane to me. Hey, massage therapists are part of society, dude. I know. I'm just okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're people too. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's all very, very strange. And it sounds like Rogers wasn't Roger wasn't too satisfied either. He's just going to take it over and make his own decision and move on. Probably. I mean, realistically, I think what's going to end up happening is that. The new appeal will suspend him for the year, give him the indefinite suspension. Then Watson's camp will appeal again. They'll probably settle like 12 games. Um, but I'd much rather have that happen than the six that we got. And the Browns go 6-10. and 10. The run game's underwhelming because of them losing pretty much every single game. Do you want any player on this team besides Nick Chubb? You probably take a flyer on, right? Not even really a flyer because he's Nick so Chubb, good. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. That's Those are the only two players. But if you're losing, I know it's a run-heavy offense, and they just can't establish a lead in most of these games, which I imagine that's how it's going to be. I mean, what, they're rushing the ball maybe 25, 30 times. Yeah, it all depends. But um, those are the only players still worth taking a shot because especially if Deshaun Watson's out, I mean, that they're gonna the offense is going to go how they go. So, Yeah. Now, granted, let's not put too much shade on 
Brissett here. Brissett's come in yeah. and uh, against for multiple teams now and showed that he's a competent quarterback. So I don't think like the team completely falls off. They're not gonna. I think they'll still be competitive in most games. But with that being said, I'm with you guys there. I'm still, you know, Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt are the only guys I'm really interested in taking. Amari Cooper going right now, wide receiver 20 overall. If we get more news that Deshaun Watson's missing more time and Amari Cooper continues to fall, does that intrigue you enough to, let's say he falls out of the top 24 um, in terms of ADP, does that do enough for you to pull the trigger on Amari? Well, he's wide receiver 20, but his ADP... I'm talking about the top 24 wide receivers. Right, which should probably bring him down to ADP of like 70. Yeah, probably. Not doing it. You guys know I hate him. <laughs> like, I, I I already didn't want him, and now I definitely don't want him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of with that too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's just the guy I'm not drafting this year. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, if he fell to me in like the ninth round and like there's not that many other options at that point, like I, I consider it, but... Yeah, it's just not something that you're you're wanting to do. I mean, last time Jacoby Brissett really saw a lot of time was when he, I don't think he's started, but he played 15 games for the Colts in 2019, mm-hmm. finished as quarterback 23, um, and two years before that, played 16 games for the Colts, finished as quarterback 20. I'm just not interested in it. He He's serviceable, but he's not, honestly, what I'm looking at his numbers right now, very Mac Jones rookie year numbers. Like it's a, it's like respectable, but it's not enough to be worth starting. Yeah, I mean he is going and playing with, uh, you know Stefanski, who it's a really quarterback easy type of offense. It's a lot of you know heavy run action, heavy play action, so that will help get you know open people up and make easy throws for them. So they're not gonna you know blow the roof off of you, but I think they're still gonna be competitive. Mm, more than six wins, you really think so? Nick yeah. Chubb or Javante Williams? Chubb. Ooh, man. I'm taking Nick Chubb, but I did see a report today, which these reports are all BS pretty much at this point in the year. Uh, right now in camp, the split carry between Javante and Melvin Gordon is 70 Javante. Yeah. 30 and Melvin. Some, uh, one of their beat reporters came out and like literally had it tallied. He said it's actually more. It's actually fifty four forty six right now. If you literally did the math, which is what it's probably <laughs> going to be. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. I don't know where the seventy thirty came from, but I highly doubt <laughs> Melvin Gordon. His was, eye test. <laughs> Melvin Gordon was still, if like, arguably, you know, people could argue he was more effective than Javante Williams at times last year. I would totally and argue was, against that, but he was definitely very good. <laughs> he was very very good. So I think. He's he'll still be heavily involved. Like me personally, I'm taking Aaron Jones over Javante Williams, for example, this year. Um, probably would take Aaron Jones over Nick Chubb too. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. That's a little closer for me. You got something to say about that, Ty? That seems crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, me personally, I like the the running backs that catch the ball, and Nick Chubb does not do that. We know that definitely. Um, he's one of the best pure runners in the game, but he definitely isn't involved in the passing game. Um, and that's what kind of gives Aaron Jones the edge for me in that in that decision. But, and with Deshaun Watson out for probably the whole season, 
but you were a guy that was like jumping on the table for AJ Dillon all last year, like, and we just expect him to. AJ Dillon catches the ball; he gets thrown the ball. Well, so, and and to go with James's side here, Devontae Adams, what he's giving up, close to two hundred targets or something like that. A lot, <laughs> the a whole lot, offense. <laughs> a lot of targets. So there's a lot of targets being up for grabs. Maybe not two hundred. I'm definitely inflating the shit out of that number. Maybe like hundred fifty targets. Either way, uh, you know, somewhere in that number. Those targets are available this year, and we've talked about Romeo Dubs and all those guys, or Dubs, whatever, and you made a good point on our last podcast that it's reasonable to think a lot of those targets will shift over into Aaron Jones. I think so, too. Yeah, just for me personally, for the cost, I like Aaron Jones more this year if I'm in that situation, Uh, but... We should probably move on. Yeah, this is an NFC North episode. Cincinnati Bengals. Um, let's start, I guess, with um, the Cincinnati kid right now, Joe Burrow, QB6, and going 54th overall. I'll just say right now, to me, it seems a little high for Joe Burrow and for what he could bring you in terms of fantasy. I don't think it's necessarily too high for him. It's too high for me to draft a quarterback. Yes, which is a different right. argument. Right. Um, but I mean, I think that's a pretty good spot for where, where people will, would want to draft him. It's similar to what we saw, you know, you have your, you have your very, very top tier guys, you know, basically Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen. And then in the going in the, like second and third round, you have a bit of a break in like the back half of the third and the fourth. And then you're going to see this run of like Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray go right here in this spot. So I think this is probably where he should be going. Yeah, just for me, like, he just doesn't run the ball. And, like, if I can take a Kyler Murray or a Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts is going behind him right now. Even Dak Prescott, I'd probably rather do that. If I'm going to take a quarterback in that area. Jalen, if I remember, was a couple rounds later being pretty undervalued right now. We talked Uh, about it quite a bit. Right now, um, Joe's going 57 overall. Jalen's going 68. Oh, kid's getting a little closer. Yeah. I, I totally agree with what Tyler said. It's too early for me and my strategies. While I not draft him in, you know, like the early six, something like that, maybe one of my leagues because I'll probably play in quite a few this year. But I don't plan on it. I mean, Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow? Lamar Jackson every Kyler day. Kyler Murray or Joe Burrow? Kyler Murray. Yeah. Jalen Hurts I, I or Joe Burrow? Yeah. The, the running upside so is just so. Him. Yeah. The running upside is just so much. Like, if it's too much of a big of a factor for fantasy football. Yeah, we love the running, the running upside on quarterbacks. We've talked about it for a long time. Yep, the hype I think is just—I mean, he's an excellent quarterback, but for fantasy purposes, it's getting a little, little spicy for me. Uh, Joe Mixon, running back seven right now, going tenth overall. Finally, getting the respect he deserves. <laughs> Cat's out of the bag, dude. Well, he finally put up the numbers he we were expecting to put up last year. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. What's your opinion on Joe Mixon at running back seven? It feels right, honestly. I mean, if you want to squabble over him over like Najee or Dalvin, just that's I think it's a preference thing. Um, I'm okay with Joe Mixon right where he's at. I mean, at this point, you can get him at the turn of the first round, like the end of the first, depending on how your draft goes, beginning of the second, if you're doing that snake draft. Yeah. I, I would be more than happy to have him in either of those spots. Um, this is a high-powered offense, so they should be running the ball more to try to contain that lead, right? Now, depending on the size of your league, and or maybe how the draft ends up, you do have a job opportunity of stacking Mixon and Jamar Chase. 
at the back end of the of the first round going into the second. Yeah, that I don't like that. <laughs> okay. For me, like a true stack is just a quarterback and a receiver. Yeah. Or like a receiving back. Like stacking a, a wide receiver and a running back or a wide receiver and a tight end that are on the same offense, that to me just gets a little too much. Like you're too dependent on that one team to be successful. Now when things go good and they both have good games, it's going to be great. But a lot of times one will have a good game, the other won't. It's just going to hurt your team overall. Oh, I agree. It affects like every one of my drafts, honestly. I, I try to plan ahead pretty well, but I'll, I'll get to like the sixth round. I'm just like, oh man, this receiver looks so good. But I'm like, fuck, I have their running back. Like, do I want to like make this guy like my wide receiver too? Slash right. like flex player. I try to avoid that uh, myself, but um uh, speaking of the receivers jamar chase wide receiver three right now going ninth overall t higgins wide receiver 12 going 29th overall how do we feel about these two uh receivers t higgins is being drafted way too early you i'm gonna say so? that yeah i think that's way too early he's going in the back end of the third round and i just don't see him putting up that kind of numbers i mean for a lot of guys you're drafting him as your wide receiver one yeah, ever yeah. He's being drafted as a wide receiver one right now. Yeah. Top twelve guy right now. Yeah, I think that's too high. Yeah. That that scares the hell out of me. He finished uh last year where he finished. Um <laughs> finished wide receiver seventeen last year. I mean, why would why are we expecting him to all of a sudden jump in the top twelve this year? The offense is the same. I agree with you. It's I'm not drafting him as my wide receiver one. I just, I can't buy it. Yeah, I mean, I'm down with Jamar Chase at you know nine ten. That's cool, but T is that's that's way too rich for me. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with how he performed at the end of the season last year. He had those pretty big games. Um, I think that one massive game, and it won people championships. So like yeah. they're, you know, riding that high. Um, and he is a, he's a terrific player. Like he's really good. Um, but I still think, you know, Jamar Chase is the alpha in this situation and he's going to demand the lion's share. T Higgins will have big games, but I don't know. I just don't like it as my, my wide receiver one. And T hit, I had him last year. He had like two big games. The one that you talked about later in the season and was basically consistently scoring 10 points in a half PPR league. So he was like boring being my flex starter. I got him pretty late in the draft last year, but it's I expected more from him. And at the same time, Tyler Boyd was putting up very similar numbers, a lot more inconsistently than T. Higgins. So it's like, I'd rather take a flyer on Tyler Boyd later in the draft than take T. Higgins in the third. Tyler Boyd, wide receiver 50 right now, going 127 overall. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with that more. I would much rather take a flyer on Tyler Boyd at the end of the draft than T. Higgins in the third. I mean, Tyler Boyd, I think he finished 30th last year. Yeah, somewhere around 30 in rankings for wide receivers. 13 behind is quite a bit behind than T. Higgins, but like I said, very similar numbers, a lot more inconsistency from Tyler Boyd. I'd rather take that, yeah, the late-round flyer all day. All right, uh, let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson, starting with the quarterback, Right now, going QB4, going 51st overall. So, looking like a fifth-round draft pick <clears throat> right now as we head into draft season. Um, is that is the fifth-round 
good value, you think, for Lamar Jackson or too high? I mean, <laughs> it's the same thing we just talked about, about with Burrow. Like, I think in the fifth round, every quarterback is too highly. Like, there's not a value there for me to draft a quarterback. But if you're the type of person who likes to do that, um, I know some people, they really like to hit, like, first four rounds, two running backs, two receivers, and then, like, to hit the fifth round with, with the quarterback, you know? And kind of just fill out their roster with, like, starter, 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 starter before worrying about their flex and their depth. It's not the way we play. Um, I would. Speak for yourself, pal. <laughs> I, I haven't played baseball with you guys for how long now? I know how you guys draft. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> I think, Trey, you took Kyler in the fourth last yeah, year. Yeah, he did. He did. I took him in the third. Was it the third? I did. You, I oh, you see how happy he is about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I won't forget, and you guys know how bad my memory is. Yeah, I took him in the third, but I was extremely high on him. I just expected like that breakout season. I wanted to take a risk. I was feeling risky last year. I did some weird shit with my draft. But I wanted to point this out real quick. Um, if someone's ranked like 51st overall, like that's their ADP, that would make them like an early sixth round pick, late fifth, right? Because yeah. one to 10 is one, blah, 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 keep going down the thing. 51 would be like the beginning yeah. of the sixth round. Yeah, it, it would. But, you know, we drafted a 12 team league, so then he's going end of the fifth. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see how you guys are pushing yeah, it. I now. always think about it as a, as a 12 team league. I was thinking about it as a child. That's my memory. <laughs> Um, so me personally, um, I'm okay. I'm okay at taking Lamar Jackson in the fifth. I think he has a big year. I think he's got a lot to prove. Um, wants to get paid as we all know. Yeah. I, again, like I, I agree. I think if you want to take a quarterback in the fifth, like I, I'm Lamar over Kyler this year. Yeah, yeah. for sure. If you're I, I think you're, you're deciding between Lamar, Kyler or Jalen Hurts. And I guess you can throw Lamar. Joe Burrow in there if you want. It's Lamar and it's not close, honestly. Yeah. It's, I would, yeah, I would go Lamar and then Jalen. Even like the down year last year, I know he missed some games, but it was uh, uh, the touchdown he, production just went off a cliff for him. Yeah, it did, and he had more turnovers and whatnot. But I mean, he's also you know has won an MVP award. There's there's just certain things that we've seen him do on the field that we've not seen any other other quarterbacks do, and I have more faith in him than I would when the other ones in you know putting a season back together. Um. Let's talk about the running backs. J.K. Dobbins running back 22 right now. Gus Edwards running back 50. Both on the PUP list to start camp. How are we feeling about... I think uh, J.K. is coming off the Achilles, right? Uh, or, it was an ACL. No, it's a clean ACL. Too, yeah. Or it was supposed to be clean. He was supposed to be back for camp. Um, ended up on the PUP list, so it's a little bit concerning. I think Gus Edwards' um, tear was a little bit more serious than i mean both serious but gus edwards i think was worse if i remember the report right yeah what john harbaugh said they're both on the pup list they both were their acl right gus edwards is behind jk dobbins in recovery right and this came out six hours ago via roto wire and that kind of makes sense too because jk dobbins tore his acl before the season started last year so he's had a lot more time to recover um now i think jk dobbins going in the sixth or you know, and and the fifth, however you want to look at it, is great. Honestly, I expect J J K Dobbins to have a massive season. So if I can get him as like, you know, my flex player, which is probably what that position is going for for a lot of guys, I'm super stoked about that. I would probably take that risk, but that that running back room is getting dehehehe. It always it has is. been. It always yeah. has been. But his rookie year, he was the best runner in the room. This year might be like the deepest one. Maybe it's just because the names are sticking out to me. But they added Mike Davis and Corey Clement. 
not necessarily like blow your mind players, but guys that are worthy of taking some snaps away. Yeah, I think that was more concern for the progress of both their their guys not being maybe as ready as they thought they'd be, you know, coming into the off season and, and that probably brought in those depth pieces. I'm a little worried, I'll be honest with you, especially drafting J.K. Dobbins as a top 24 back. Like, if he falls outside of that, like you said, Tyler, and I can get him as maybe my RB3, okay. But right now I'm I'm concerned. Um, obviously you have Lamar Jackson who's going to take touches away, red zone touches, um, rushing touchdowns away. They do like to feature a running back if they have someone that's worthy of it, but uh, I'm a little concerned that he's going a little too high right now. Yeah, RB2, I don't. I would not be comfortable having him as my RB2, but basically, you already said it. Flex-wise, I'm willing to take that risk. And honestly, I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be um, one of the top two or three guys uh, in the running for comeback player of the year. So yeah, right I, I, got, behind, I got big hopes on, on J.K. Right behind Marcus Mariota. God. What do we think about the uh, receiving targets here in Baltimore? Rashad Bateman, wide receiver 37 right now. Mark Andrews, the tight end two. I like where Bateman's at. Me too. I would be very comfortable taking, uh, I think that's my word of the day, taking flyers on people. <laughs> but well, eighth and ninth round, I mean, for me, you know, he's obviously the bona fide wide receiver one on this offense. I think he's definitely worth a shot at that cost. Would you take him? I mean, going in the same area, he, you have a, you have Devontae Smith and Tyler Lockett. Would you take him over both those guys? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I would. Considering the situations, I like Devontae Smith more, but his situation isn't as good as Rashad Bateman's right now. I don't know. I think I just I've seen more from Devontae Smith so far in his career, so I think I'd rather take him, even though he's going to be the wide receiver two in that offense. Um, I don't know. Rashad Bateman didn't just show, just hasn't shown us enough yet for me to take a, a chance on him in the eighth round. I would counter that by saying he has. Um, Watch the tape. <laughs> Watch the tape. That's all I'll say. Well, um, I, we all generally agree that Jalen Hurts isn't a uh, prof- prolific passer. I like Lamar Jackson more. He's been getting way better as the years go on with passing. And Rashad Bateman doesn't have a wide receiver or another wide receiver on the other side of the line like AJ Brown. Yeah, I really like Rashad Bateman this year. And you could I, throw Mark Andrews in the mix and be like, oh, what about Mark Andrews? Yeah, well, what about Dallas Godair? Yeah, You want to go there? Or yeah, not? Dude, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's going to go there. Speaking of Mark Andrews, like we said, tight end two right now. Does he overtake Travis Kelsey and finish tight end one this year? I would bet on that. I, like, I, I, I kind of like it. I like the chances. I think it's possible. I, I don't think it's going to happen just because I think Travis Kelsey is going to be a even a bigger part of this offense going forward with the you know subtraction of Tyreek Hill. So I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'm still going to say that uh, Kelsey's the guy. Kelsey's like going to be 33, 34. Yeah, I mean I don't know. I I I totally agree with you. He'll be the vocal point of that offense, obviously, but I I I think Mark Andrews will be too. Dude, you know. As Lamar Jackson continues to get better, so does Mark Andrews. Yeah. They're like growing together and they're both last year was a down year for Lamar, but Mark Andrews continues to escalate as Lamar becomes a better passer. I guess I would frame it like this, like I'm not willing to take Travis Kelsey in the first, but if I wanted a, a high end tight end, I'm hap I would take Mark Andrews in the second. 
Not something okay. not something I normally do. Probably. That's fair. And it, I mean, and you are talking about the back half of the second round, so. Yeah. But I would be comfortable with that if I wanted to go ahead and take my shot. Now, on if you are a, going, if you are the back half of the second round, that also means that you drafted at the beginning of the first round. Yeah. So that you're basically saying that you took like your RB1 and you're willing to bypass a wide receiver one or your RB2 for a tight end in that spot. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm doing that often or whatever, but if, if you're someone who wants a tight end, like you want to take a shot on a tight end that's going to be elite this year, I would take Mark Andrews in the second. Okay. I think he has a good shot of finishing tight end one. I think Travis Kelsey is too expensive to take in the first. Um, and I think Mark Andrews is above, like pr- a pretty high tier above um, George Kittle and Darren Waller this year for me personally. Uh, maybe not Darren Waller, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, I, I kind of like that draft strategy, though. Like, if you are drafting in the beginning of the first, which means you're drafting at the end of the second, take a surefire running back, then you get a surefire tight end. We talk about the tight end plateau all the time. So now you have two surefire guys, and there's a lot more guys you can take later on in the rounds, like we just talked about Rashad Bateman being available later on, or let's just say maybe JK if you're, if that's your flavor. But not really running back one, but guys you could take later in the draft that could end up being in the top 10, top 15 at their position. Yeah. And you got two guys that you are like 90% sure are going to finish in the top five anyways. For sure. It's interesting, yeah. Um. Moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris running back six right now, um, going eighth overall. Do we think um, there's going to be a, a large amount of regression for Najee Harris in his second year with a different quarterback at the helm? No. <laughs> <laughs> in, in simple terms. No, um, I think they've improved their offense line this year, which is great because that was one of his, the worst things was that he was getting hit in the backfield almost every time he touched the ball. So that should improve this year. I know the focal point of the, of all defense is going to be on him because of the quarterback situation, but he's just too talented. Um, like for me personally, I'm taking him above Derrick Henry. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I've Ooh. I've been kind of saying it since you know, the middle of the season last year when everyone's talking about, well, this is a, you know, a Big Ben thing. Like, Najee's not going to get the same run once Big Ben's gone. But if you look at the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers and how Mike Tomlin runs his offense, like, they, if they have a guy in the backfield, they use the shit out of that guy. Yep. This is a Mike Tomlin Pittsburgh Steelers thing. This is not a Big Ben thing. See Le'Veon Bell. And Najee Harris has that talent level. They're going to use the shit out of Najee Harris every single year. And then guess what? They're not going to pay him. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but they're going to use the shit out of him while they got him. I don't know. They, they might pay him because like, he doesn't seem – Najee Maybe. seems like a, like a work like a real workhorse type guy. Like, yeah. Like blue like blue collar, not not a diva. And where like Le'Veon Bell became an absolute diva. Or like a lunch pill kind of guy? Yeah, yeah. Najee feels like a lunch pill kind of guy to me. So, and that's the type of guy that Pittsburgh loves. First one in, last one out. Yeah, I think he finishes top five again this year. Yep. Um, easily. Deontay Johnson, one of the most consistent wide receivers of 2021, just signed his two-year deal. He's back in Pittsburgh for sure. The hold-in is no longer a worry. Um. Wide receiver 15 right now, going 38th overall. How do we feel about Deontay? 
I mean, so I actually put this app, you know, the document together a couple days ago. He's actually dropped down a little bit since then. Uh, wide receiver 16 and overall number 40. It looks like Scary Terry overtook him. Probably just because he was still in a contract negotiation situation. It'll pro. I don't know. Maybe it'll change now that he's actually signed. But Could be, but. Yeah, with that being said, they're being drafted at the same point. Would you take Deontay or Scary Terry? Deontay. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking Deontay. He-, he proved it. And people were talking about, oh, you know, like Big Ben, like Najee's numbers are a result of Big Ben not throwing the ball down the field. Deontay still made it work. Yeah, it's not like Big Ben was out there slinging the ball around last year. So uh, I'm with you guys. I'm with Deontay as well. Yeah, take the proven guy. Yeah, I, I really like Deontay's. Um as a player just in general i think he's a dog um if you can get him as your wide receiver too you know if he falls in your draft a little bit i like that a lot um but even as an as a even as a wide receiver one like i think i'd be comfortable with it chase claypool on the other hand i am not comfortable with (laughs) wide receiver 41 going 106th overall any interest in uh, chase claypool this year not particularly. <laughs> Not really. I- I'm curious if you guys would take that late round flyer on George Pickens, though. I would take George Pickens before I take Chase Claypool. A, a good 70 positions apart in ADP. I mean, you're literally taking Pickens as like your last guy right. drafted. So, yeah, I would too. Well, you're also relying on the fact that Mitch Trubisky, most likely Mitch Trubisky, is prolific enough in the passing game to support not only Najee out of the backfield, Deontay doing his thing, which he's going to do, and who we'll talk about in a second, Pat Fryermuth, who I think is like going to bust out this year for sure. So you really think that that fourth person beyond that is going to be that viable? It, it would de- It's definitely not going to be Chase Claypool. It's your last draft pick. Like, yeah. You know, if you like him as a player, bet on the talent. Who knows what happens? Deontay goes down, whatever. Claypool gets hurt. Um opportunity arises i like george pickens as a player you got to get it while the pickens good baby <laughs> I, i'm not a huge fan of chase claypool's ass like skill set and i guess mentality i mean i wouldn't be surprised at all if pickens is the number two receiver on this offense he's he, have you seen the tape before he got hurt in college mm-hmm. he's good good player the dog and Ch- chase claypool is literally a, a clay pool uh, <laughs> you know why because I can't dive in it. <laughs> All righty. And let's finish this up with Pat Fryermuth. He's going as a tight end one right now. Tight end 12, uh, 114th overall. We like Patty. Oh, we love Patty. I've liked Patty since uh, I watched his tape coming into the league and um, just kind of was waiting last year for him to get his shot. He finally did, um, and he played really well. He's a, he's a, He's really good. He's a really good tight end. Um, as far as skill wise, now you know this offense is going to go as whoever's playing quarterback goes, but um, he's got all the tools to succeed as a tight end. I think he'll be the number three option in the passing game, hands down. I, I really don't have a doubt about that. Cat's kind of out of the bag on this podcast between us three. That I'm pretty much holding out in most drafts <laughs> to draft him around like the tenth, eleventh round. When that late tight end push starts going, I'm probably hopping a, a round before that just to make sure I get Pat Firemuth. 
Yeah, and actually the interesting thing too is that like in a lot of mock drafts I've been doing, Fryermuth is not even going late. He's going undrafted or like the very last pick. So I think he's being undervalued right now. I think I know he said they have him going in you know the eleventh or twelfth round. I, I but from the mocks of them, I'm seeing going go later than that. So I think he's being undervalued by a lot of people. And I'm yeah, I'm with you guys. I mean, I think he's gonna be great. I am. I'm almost gonna guarantee he finishes top eight. Ooh, oh yeah, that's a good number. I was gonna say. But... I didn't want to go too far <laughs> up, but I think he's gonna be a top eight tight end this year. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he he could be one of those guys that extends the plateau just a little bit. That tight end plateau, of the top five guys, because there's always a fifty point drop off after that. Yeah, I like the talent for sure. Um, that'll do it for the AFC North, right? Yes, sir. Um, so. If you haven't already, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. We appreciate y'all listening 100%. Um, if you have the moment or the time, please like, subscribe, and rate, as Trey likes to say. Um, ten stars will do it. So Just rate twice. <laughs> Two five stars. We appreciate you guys. We'll catch you next time for the NFC North. Home of, home of Jim. Home of the Jims. <laughs> All right, later. What? <laughs> <laughs>